That smooth Christian jazz you're hearing means you've tuned in to Same Old Song, the lectionary podcast of Mockingbird Ministries. I'm your co-host, Aaron Zimmerman. I'll be joined by Jacob Smith as each week we break down the lectionary readings for the upcoming Sunday to give you something to think about, and if you're a preacher, to give you something to preach about, and no matter who you are, to give you a connection to the never-changing message of God's grace for actual people like you. Unzip that monogrammed faux leather Bible carrying case and cover, pull up a chair, and let's dig in. Well, have you planned your Ash Wednesday party yet, Jake? <laughs> Going to all the bra- uh, all the uh, Ash Wednesday sales and getting my mark so everybody knows how pious I am. I've decided this year I'm just closing the church and I'm going to go and get some ashes to go. Mm. Yep. Uh, we won't even get into the glitter thing, which is actually prohibited in the Diocese of Texas. Praise God. Oh, praise God. Uh, bad for the environment and uh, questionable. Anyways, we're not going to get into it. We love you, listeners. No. If you hate us Absolutely. after this, please give us a chance. Um, and if you don't know what we're talking about, well, count yourself blessed. Praise the Lord. You're not in the social media fights. So it is Ash Wednesday, mm-hmm. uh, not Hash Wednesday, has nothing to do with that. It's um, it's a time when, man, it's the beginning of Lent. It's when we have one of the most powerful liturgies of the year. For my money, Ash Wednesday, Maundy Thursday, and Good Friday are where the Episcopal Church and a church in any church in the liturgical tradition does some real powerful spiritual soul work with people. Um, Ash Wednesday is going to invite you to consider your own mortality, your own sin. You're going to confess your sins in a prayer that will blow your hair back. I mean, it might singe your eyebrows if you do it right. Mm. Um, and it's um, it's an invitation to do the opposite of what the world does. So this is That's right. this is springtime, and uh, it's when everybody's thinking about spring break and swimsuit seasons coming up, and uh, you know Valentine's Day and uh, um, uh, we've got also St. Patrick's Day. It's just all this kind of stuff. And this is the time when the church says, think about sin, think about death, think about darkness, think about mortality, think about suffering. Um, mm. And it's it sounds, uh, the, the, there are parts of the church that are always going to be pushing against this because it's so heavy. But, um, but it is a welcome thing because life is heavy and we in the church don't want to live in denial. But how are you, Jake? Yeah. In denial or in suffering? <laughs> Oh, most of the time I'm in complete denial, and uh, and this is why I love Ash Wednesday, um, and I love the season of Lent. You know, we are moving into a season of penance, and uh, now there's a couple of things here that can get misunderstood, I think, with penance and fasting. And um, oftentimes Lent is seen as this kind of, you know, way to like retake up my New Year's resolutions, um, you know, and all all of the various things that come with it in order to somehow appease God. And uh, this is to misunderstand the meaning of Ash Wednesday and the meaning of the 40 days of Lent. So 40 is a very significant number in the church, and it's also a significant number in the Bible. It's a, a number of, like, formation. And whenever people are sent out for to God to do, deal with them, it's usually for 40 days, for 40-something years or days. It's also a delicious but, um, beverage. Carry on. It is. It is. But anyway, the point being is, is that I, what I love about it, because I am in denial so much of my life, as is most people— um, 
the Ash Wednesday in these 40 days remind me that I'm a creature. Um, the biggest denial that I have is that I'm actually a God and I'm, I have it in control and um, I am the master of my own destiny. All of that nonsense that's being sputtered off by the culture. And Ash Wednesday and Lent are counterculture because they remind you you're not God, you're immortal and you're going to die. Merry Christmas. <laughs> so I had a moment where I, uh, I just want to get a little vulnerable here. I had a moment where I, I realized my own humanity. And I just share this because this is what Lent is supposed to do and what Ash Wednesday invites you to do. So I was in my car. I was starving and I had skipped lunch. I had another appointment. So I pulled over to a convenience store and I bought a bag of chips, a brand I don't remember. I'd never heard of them before. They were ghost pepper Dorito, basically like ghost pepper Doritos. Ooh. I like hot stuff. I was like, sure, I can handle this. And I bought a candy bar. Take five, best candy bar in the world. And I went into my car and I started eating these chips and they were hotter than Hades. It was unbelievable. <laughs> and I am used to hot stuff. I'm half Mexican for crying out loud. And I was weeping in my car from these ghost pepper chips. And yet I was so hungry, I kept stuffing them into my face. And I've got like orange That's fingertips, amazing. tears rolling down my face, and I'm eating these things. And I was like, this is what it is to be a human. This is burning me, and my lips are on fire. Mm. I won't be able to touch my eye area for like a week. And I just keep putting these things in my face. And then I was like, yeah. oh, my mouth hurts. And so I just ate candy bar. And so I was like, let me move one form of... Uh, you know, thing that I think is going to satisfy me, but doesn't to this other thing that I think is going to satisfy me and doesn't. Um, and mm. uh, I was like, man, this, so Lent is a time, I share that whole story, just to say, look at your lives, people. Look in the mirror. Um, and uh, this is the invitation. There is this thing, as you said, Jake, you know, people think of Lent as like a self-improvement. This not supposed to be a time of you like increasing your spiritual strength because of your duty and penance and all that stuff. It's really more supposed to be a time of realizing your frailty, your weakness, your inability to do spiritual disciplines, your your lack of desire to pray, all those sorts of things. And I think um, uh, the invitation to keep a Holy Lent usually ends up bringing mm. you to the end of yourself, which is kind of the point. And, and really, that is, that is the sum and substance of Ash Wednesday. Last... Um, Last year, I heard um, a preacher talk about how Ash Wednesday reminds us that we only have one life to live. Uh, that's a theology of glory, and uh, that's not what Ash Wednesday is about. Um, Ash Wednesday is not about you have one life to live, so how are you going to live it? It's about get ready to die. Um, mm -hmm. And this is why, one, we mark your head with an ash. You know, um, although we've been made out of dirt— um, we mark your head with ash because this takes us back to our Jewish roots. Now, in the Jewish roots, they would have, it would have been common during seasons of penance to cover yourself with ash, mounds of it. Um, we're a little cleaner, and so we just uh, give you a little dop. But um, that dop is to remind us, and it's not any sort of mark. Um, it's not like a star or just a dot. It's a cross. But that we are all going to die, and uh, that's what this is about. And uh, and are we ready to um, entrust the the most important thing we have, our deaths, into the hands of God? And so, and this is kind of what Joel is getting at here. Um, he is calling for a solemn fast. Uh, get in touch, Israel, with the fact that you are creatures. Uh, quit climbing the ladder and living in your self righteousness. If you preach from Isaiah, that's the same theme. Your self-righteousness uh, through all of your fasting is uh, actually killing you. 
and it mm. will kill you. Yeah, and so there's an invitation here to look at your heart. Um, and, uh, and and it is not a good thing. People are always like, well, God just sees my heart. That is the worst news in the world, Ash Wednesday. And Lent reminds you, your heart yeah. is a terrible thing for God to look at on its own because it's a rusty can. And, uh, and that's, man, if you're going to preach Ash Wednesday, give it to him. And, uh, but give him Jesus. But you got to like, man, we're preparing to die. And that's what this is a big reminder of. Yep. And so this Joel passage is uh, like judgment is coming get ready. And the message is, though, if you return to the Lord um, with fasting, weeping, and mourning, uh, mm. he will be gracious. He'll relent. And mm. so, uh, but the Lord knows that often, as you've said, Jake, like our fasting, our weeping, and mourning can be superficial. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it can be self-absorbed. It can be um, self-focused. And so, and, he says, this is where you got to look at your heart. And this carries over even into our own deaths. You know, I was speaking with a, um, a person the other day about death and uh, and the whole industry. And now, you know, uh, once you die, although we'd say past, um, your ashes can be turned into a diamond and you can be worn on a brooch for the rest of your life. You can actually, I now have heard your ashes be pressed into a record and uh, you can be turned into a record with Frank Sinatra's song, I Did It My Way. Um, Which but, is, by the way, the most profoundly anti-Christian song ever <laughs> recorded. So, but the, uh, the, the point is, is that even in our, like, with our piety and trying to live, 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 we wind up even denying the severity even in our deaths of what it's all about. Yeah, I, I got a story like that. I was recently in a funeral parlor and I saw a thing where you can, because this is where Ajarab takes us a lot, you can take uh, ashes and have them mixed in with glass and then created into this um, kind of elaborate Dale Chihuly sort of tchotchke glass ornament thing that it's like a huge paperweight um it's like a lot of purpley sparkly stuff in there and and that, it's just you know your loved one will always be with you and i was like this is the opposite of the christian hope do you know how hard it's going to be for god to raise you from the dead if he's got to break apart this horrible tacky glass thing and get the ashes out of it um that's the last the christian, thing i'd want on my desk period you know my mom well, know, right there know, or melina so. she's like quietly judging you yeah. the um the yeah the the thing here is um christians have uh We've always been very forthright about death, um, honestly facing it, looking at it directly, not sentiment, sentimentalizing it or um, uh, that kind of thing. And, and that's what Lent invites you to do. And so the reason you come forward with and kneel and receive these ashes, the words with which the ashes are imposed is remember that you're dust and to dust you shall return. And it's uh, it's just really good to live life with the mindset that you're going to die and Amen. you will face judgment. And but and and as this passage tells us, though, we have a God who is gracious and merciful. Yeah. So and it's both those things at the same time. Yeah, and one of the reasons why we can face death realistically and not deny it is, as uh, as uh, Saint Paul says in the Corinthian reading, you know, we've been reconciled to God for our sake. The reason why we can be reconciled to God is because for our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So be, while we are going to face death, we know that death will not have the final say. Um, right. And so, uh, and uh, he will raise us up. And see, there's nothing now stopping this. Today is the day of salvation. Every day for the Christian is a day of salvation when we renew ourselves and we renew our commitment to the gospel because God has eternally renewed it to us in his son, Jesus. 
Yeah, so this is Jake has transitioned uh, listeners uh, to Second Corinthians <laughs> chapter five. Uh, they know, they know. He was. <laughs> you're just so hot. Uh, you're on a roll. So uh, this is the verse, which is this idea of the great exchange, um, where Christ takes our sin. This is Second Corinthians five twenty. He takes our sin and the one who is perfectly righteous uh, becomes a sinner, and we who are sinners become the righteousness of God. Um, And this is the kind of the beautiful, wonderful, beating heart of this of this message of Christianity. Uh, it's so profoundly unlike anything else mm-hmm. that's out there, uh, which are mostly just um, ways, a lot of worldly systems, either religions or just secular systems of thought and self-improvement are just, yes, we begin with a place of honesty and realize that you're flawed, but now we'll give you a system to get better. And Christianity just says, nope. Uh, all that sin, all those flaws, we're just going to put them on Jesus, uh, and which is a horrible, scandalous, offensive thing, especially in the mind of the ancient world. Like, that's so unfair, but uh, that's what happens. And then um, his righteousness is given to us. Uh, and it's this incredible thing. And so that's and it's why— not a legal. it's not a legal fiction either. It's not—which is, which is, Jake, you're referring to kind of a— uh, in the scholarly world in Christianity, there's kind of a debate. Religious scholars will say that this is just, um, it is a legal fiction. You know, it's like, it's paperwork, but it doesn't really change anything. But that's not what St. Paul is saying here. He says, actually, we become the righteousness of God. And um, and because of that, uh, we can be like Paul at the end where he says, I'm, you know, I'm punished, not yet killed. I'm sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, poor, yet making many rich, having nothing, yet possessing everything. So because you you have this thing in Christianity where you can be honest about who you are, you can uh, be true and real, and then, but you also know that you're totally forgiven and loved and accepted. And most of the world says, don't be honest about who you are. Pretend to be better than you are so that people will love you. Mm. Christianity says you are loved, forgiven, and righteous in Christ, and therefore you can be honest about who you actually are. And that idea of, you know, you are loved if you do this, that's that's putting obstacles in people's way. You know, um, getting challenging people from your pulpit all the time is what St. Paul talks about, like putting obstacles, we're putting no obstacles in any way in anyone's way, so that no fault may be found with our ministry. But as servants, we have commended ourselves in every way. Um, and this is this is the thing. And even on Ash Wednesday, you know, you want to remind people to wash that ash off their face uh, so that they can be reminded that they've already been cleansed in baptism and that, um, and that God is for them. Do not put in Lent an obstacle in anyone's way. Remind them that they are creatures. But, um, but that um, the loving creator has revealed himself in Jesus and uh, has become sin on their behalf. Yeah, and I think, you know, um, one of the things, uh, preachers, if you're, if you're preaching um, on Ash Wednesday, you want to do two things. You want people to feel um, deeply convicted of their sin, which is just to say their humanity. Give people the freedom um, to be able to be honest about who they are. Don't give your people um, permission to continue to lie to themselves about how great they are. Mm. Um, you can be honest about your own struggles, not in a voyeuristic, weird exhibitionist way in the pulpit, but you, you know, um, you can be honest about the flawed nature of human beings, whatever your own example of eating ghost pepper chips in the car and then chasing it with a candy bar, whatever that is for you. Um, talk about the human condition. Help people be free to acknowledge their 
sinfulness and get in touch with it. Uh, we do p churches do people a great disservice when they aid and abet them in their denial actual condition of their lives. And and Ash Wednesday is the time where you want people to know that they are sinners, but you also want them to know that they are profoundly and deeply and infinitely loved. And that's what that's what this is all about. This is what Paul is writing about. Um, and so then you have to deal with this thing at the end, which is this one time in the year where we read a passage and then immediately disobey it. Usually we wait until at least we've left church to disobey the word of God. But here we hear Jesus say in Matthew 6, don't disfigure your face when you are fasting or praying. Like, don't look mm -hmm. dismal. Don't let anybody know you're fasting. Don't Basically, don't put ash on your face. But of course, here we um, we we do it. So, um, what is going on here? There is um, uh, there's a profound teaching here, um, and I used to think what this meant is that you can't put ashes on your face. Um, what this is saying, however, it's talking about something much bigger. He's saying whatever you do as a human being, what happens is you always tend to pat yourself on the back for how good and mm -hmm. righteous you are. So This is the same thing in the Isaiah pas right, passage. Right, you can, you can right look in. very holy on the outside but not be holy on the inside. And it, you can do it either way. You can put ashes on your face and be like, hmm, I put ashes on my face. I got up early uh, and everybody I see on the subway is going to, or I see at the at the Sonic uh, drive-thru drive lady is going to see my ashes and know how holy I am. Uh, that was, by the way, if you didn't know, Jake, that was a New York example and a Waco example. So That's wherever right. you go today, uh, people will see, and so you'll feel good about your righteousness being seen. Or you could say, well, I'm going to do what Jesus said in Matthew 6. I'm not going to put ashes on my face. And you're going to go through, and nobody's going to see ashes on your head, but you yourself will know deep down how faithful and true you were, unlike those those uh, superstitious uh, carnal Christians with the ashes they have on their head. So either way, you end up thinking about yourself. And mm. Jesus's main teaching is God sees in secret, which is kind of what we've been talking about all along in the Isaiah passage and in the uh, Corinthians passage, that God knows your actual heart. Ash Wednesday and the whole of Lent and the whole of Christianity is an invitation to honesty um, and to what is really going yeah. on. And, and, you know, that's very powerful. And that ultimately, when you, when you take what Aaron has just said, you'll understand what the ash on your forehead in the sign of the cross is all about. It's finally the inside is coming out, mm. not the other way. So a lot of people think about it as this shiny thing, which is revealing how pious they are on the inside. But the cross marked an ash on your forehead, the bigger the better, should reveal what's actually on the inside of you. Um, you know, it's the inside coming out, um, but, but it's marked in a very specific symbol, the cross, which reminds us that he who knew no sin became sin, so that you from the inside out might actually become the righteousness of God. So, um, yeah. There you go. There it is. Invite people to a holy Lent, which means doing spiritual disciplines badly, mm -hmm. realizing you're a weak sinner saved by grace and being connected with your mortality and knowing that mm -hmm. no matter what, um, uh, 
Christ has become our righteousness and he has become sin for us so that he can give us this gift uh, so that we can actually Amen. be honest uh, and that our treasure would truly be, uh, that our heart would be there or with, our, with Christ who is our treasure. So that's Lent. Mm. That's Ash Wednesday. Um, so enjoy singing those Ash Wednesday carols and exchanging those Ash Wednesday gifts. Uh, <laughs> and uh, remember, as Sarah Condon says, get in the pool, you're going to die. Yeah, that's right. Merry Ash Wednesday, everyone. Somebody's looking, somebody cares. Somebody wonders what you're doing today. You know, we crucified him, buried him, but three days later, well, the stone got rolled away. And yes, Thanks for listening to Same Old Song, and we hope you found some nuggets that will be helpful either in your preaching or just in your life. If you liked what you heard, we would love it if you could leave a rating or review on iTunes. Dave's all will be sad if you don't. We'd like to thank the Narrativo Group for audio production. Keep that Bible by your bedside, ready to rock and roll.